This is the Ed Milet Show. All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. I've wanted to pick this man's big brain for a very long time. Doesn't really need an introduction. All of you know who he is. I guess I just call him the king of biohacking, the king of changing you and and doing it in ways that are tactical strategies that you can implement very, very quickly in many cases and other ones that will take you a little bit of time to put in place. But all of them will make a positive impact on your life. He's also a four times New York Times bestselling author. He's got a new book out that I love called Smarter, Not Harder, The Biohacker's Guide to Getting the Body and Mind You Want. Really grateful. Dave Asprey joining the show. Your book is so good, as is all your work. I mean, I, I've been down to the lab in L.A. and been there many times back in the past. But there's a whole bunch of things in the book that I want to get into, but I just want to get into value because I want them to get the book, so I don't give away the whole book. But there's All stuff right. in there I never heard before. So let's just start with things they're going to remember that are kind of foundational things to your new work. What is Meat OS? What is the Meat operating system? All right. Your body's made out of meat. And that means that there's an operating system that keeps your body alive like you're not in there. And it decides what's going on in reality. And it has about a third of a second to decide what's happening. And then it gives you a tiny slice of what it senses. And you believe that's reality. It'll give you a feeling and it'll give you a picture or a sound, but it's already filtered by your biology. Hmm. So that's a part of your system that might be throwing out useful things in the world around you or sending you false signals. Hmm. And it turns out you can trick that operating system so that you can have more control over what your body does. Instead of using willpower to force it, you kind of trick the operating system into doing what you want. It's the way a hacker works on things. Hmm. How does one do that? Give us one of the ways they can do that. One of the most important things is that your body is really dumb, but it's really fast, right? right? So, you know, if a tiger jumps out, you don't think about it and go, oh, look, there's a tiger. I think I should jump because you'd be dead. You just automatically move and then you take credit for moving and say, good thing I moved so fast, except you didn't really do it. Right. So if it's really fast and really dumb, the dumb part is what you use. So the operating system is designed to save energy all the time which means that it is wired to be lazy. So if there's a, a way to use a tiny bit less energy, it's gonna look less attractive. Mm -hmm. That means if you have a choice of going to the gym or a couch with a cheesecake, the couch and the cheesecake are gonna look really seductive right. and the gym is gonna look really hard. In reality, it's not that hard, mm -hmm. but it feels really hard and you believe the feeling. That's your body trying to trick you into saving energy. And then most of us, oh, I'm so lazy. I don't know why I don't want to go to the gym. And you think something's wrong with you. No, that's because your operating system is working right. Mm. So what you can do, given that you know your hardware is motivated by saving energy, instead of saying, I'm going to go to the gym, that's never going to motivate your hardware. You say, I'm going to save energy by not doing the gym mm. <laughs> the way I did before. So in the book, in Smarter Not Harder, I talk about dozens of different ways that you can get much better results than what you normally get in the gym. So instead of saying, I'm gonna to go to a spin class for an hour, you say, I'm gonna do five minutes of exercise without sweating, and I'm gonna get six times better results. 
That's and then I'm going to save 55 minutes of suffering. The body's motivated by saving suffering. It's not motivated by working hard. So stop motivating yourself with working hard. Start motivating yourself with saving time and energy because that's what your hardware wants. Then it'll feel good and then it'll make you want to go do it instead of making you use willpower to force yourself to go to the gym. So when you said that in the book, I'm like, eh, I got to validate this. I'm not sure. Right. So just straight up. And now I am a believer. And so, oh, wow, cool. Well, I'll tell you what, by the way, I train really hard in the gym. One of the things I've learned, though, frankly, is dangerous to say, but I'm just going to agree with you. Over the last several years, I've gotten a whole lot more benefit out of doing less in the gym and doing some of the things that are actually in the book. I just literally have people go, man, you must just be three hours in the gym. I'm like, no, I used to be, but I'm really not anymore. I'm a lot more strategic with what I do in the gym. And in the book, you actually say every cell in your body is programmed to do as little as possible. I want to lay the foundation for it, then we'll talk about a couple of the, the strategies in it. I'll probably mispronounce some things, but I know what they mean to me when I say it, so that's what matters most. Proprioceptors in the body. Correct me if I said it wrong, but these are actually something that can actually, they tr that's what's actually tricking you, correctly? It's trying to get you to shut down. That's, that's a part of what's tricking you. So your okay. proprioceptors are the parts of your, we'll call it your body, your nervous system that are sensing where you are in space. So if you ever played like virtual reality and you reach your hand out and you see the hand floating there, yes, it's kind of ghostly. Yes, That's an idea of the computer knowing where your hand is in space and showing it to you. But right. your hand knows where it is. That's how you say catch a baseball. You don't think about it and do math in your head. Your, your hand actually knows where it is and your hand predicts where the ball is going to be and does it. it it's fascinating. Okay. So and that's why you guys like Bruce Lee, you know, they move so fast and you see an MMA fighter when they strike faster than you could think. I, I mentioned that third of a second lag. They've already punched you three times in a third of a second. Right. <laughs> so something automatic is going on in there. But the proprioceptors, they're afraid of injury. So they're deciding when you pick up, a, say, a dumbbell mm -hmm. and you wobble it a little bit. We all know it, it feels a little heavier when it wobbles, right? And if you toss it up in the air and caught it, it'd be really heavy. Well, the proprioceptors are automatically saying, well, I know that if he wobbles that, it's going to weigh a lot more. So if you have a you know, 35 pound dumbbell and you're trying to curl it, your body's going to tell you, you can't curl it because it knows that it'll get heavier under gravity and then you might get hurt. And its job is to make sure you don't get hurt. So it tells you you can't. And it says you can't by sending you signals of weakness or of pain, even when it's not injuring you. And it's holding back at least half your power. And this is why you see moms picking cars up off their kids and stuff like that. That's your real power, right? <laughs> right? And you don't recruit it because you could get injured. But there's technologies and techniques that are in the book that allow you to really load the muscle much more quickly. And when you load the muscle quickly or differently, the proprioceptors get confused and they allow you to put a lot more energy out through the muscle, which causes you to grow much more quickly. Can you give us one of those? And I'm going to ask you about rehit in a minute, but give us one of those strategies. Sure. Well, one of the, the more aggressive strategies uh, is something called electromuscle stimulation, or maybe my favorite is uh, we call it the cheat machine. Mm -hmm. So Upgrade Labs is the place you mentioned in LA. We've, we're opening 17 of those across North America right now, and it's a franchise. You go to ownandupgradelabs.com, and people are opening them all over the place. One of our pieces of tech for biohacking is an AI-driven machine for putting on muscle. So instead of fighting against gravity, you know, you, you'd be you know, uh, normally picking up a dumbbell and when you're at the top of the, of the motion, it's not that heavy and all the, all the problems with free weights, which do work. But what this does is you're fighting against 
a robot <laughs> and it's measuring your strength output and you cannot win no matter what you do and it's moving at a constant speed so your proprioceptors are going wait there's no gravity here it's just always moving so the whole time even way back here you're like straining and struggling mm. right and it just blows you out uh, we had a uh, mark bell who's one of the top five sure. power left lifters uh, on earth come and he did five reps on the things like what did you just do to my chest really and it's one of those things where you'll put muscle on three to five times faster when you can fully exhaust the muscles and maybe eight reps max. And then they're, they're blown out. There's no more glycogen. You're exhausted. So that was full on exhaustion in almost no time. And then the trick after that is recover really quickly. And then the body goes, oh, I got enough minerals. I have enough protein. I have enough energy and I'm safe, mm. right? Therefore, I'm just going to put the muscle on. And it's different though, if you just say, well, that was my first set, I'm gonna just do 40 more sets because I'm tough. The body's like, like, I don't know if another set's coming, but I'm gonna hold back. And then it doesn't recover as quickly because it's overtrained. This is crazy to me. By the way, he calls that process in the book, I think this overall strategy, re-hit, reduced exertion, high intensity training. And one of them that, you, that I do that you recommend, because I don't like sitting on a treadmill for 47 minutes or whatever it is, and I do, I do interval training. And so you talk about that yep. in the book. Why, and by the way, more and more I'm hearing, my heart doctor, by the way, Dave, is who actually recommended me doing interval training. Oh, Dave, that's cool. That was the actual reason I did it. It wasn't to save time or that I hated doing long cardio because I do hate doing long cardio. <laughs> me too. But talk a little bit about interval training and why that works. Like what's the mechanism at work? And, and do you, is that all you do in terms of cardio now is interval? Uh, I don't even do intervals. I do reduced exertion intervals. It, it's less than intervals. So, and I'll explain the differences. Yeah, I want to hear this. So, so what I used to do when I weighed 300 pounds and I went to the gym 90 minutes a day, six days a week, religiously for 18 months and never lost any weight. I'd get on the treadmill and I put it at an angle and I put on a weighted pack. I couldn't run because my knees jacked up, uh, but I'd go as fast as I could walk, you know, five, six miles an hour. And you go up a hill, down a hill, up a hill. Well, that's what most people do. You go to a spin class. Someone yells at you whether they're playing Tiff, uh, whatever, Taylor Swift. And, you know, <laughs> you're in there and you're standing on the pedals because everyone's going to make fun of you if you don't. And it sucks. Mm -hmm. Okay. But working hard gets results for cardio. We've all heard that. So if you do that five days a week, you're going to improve after two months. You'll improve by 2% your VO2 max. So that's a lot of time. Yeah. So about 10 years ago, I started recommending high intensity interval training, which everyone's talked about now. Mm -hmm. And that takes a lot less time. It's gonna take like 15 minutes. You go for a minute of sprinting as hard as you can, then you walk, then you sprint, then you walk, then you walk, you just do it five, 10 times. And mm -hmm. you know, you're blown out, but you got better than you would have from the spin class. Mm -hmm. And you're gonna probably be really tired when you're done, but mm -hmm. okay, just better results, 15 minutes. Well, with reduced exertion, high intensity interval training, again, this is something that we're doing at Upgrade Labs and it's driven by an artificial intelligence powered bike. And what it does is you get on there and you can do this in a park if you want to, you're just gonna look stupid. So what you what you do is, is you walk real slowly, like so slowly it's annoying, like, like kind of like you've eaten too many edibles. So you're just kind of just strolling like the slowest you could do. And you'll fit right in in Santa Monica, don't worry. <laughs> but uh, you do that and then you full out sprint like you're going to die for 20 seconds. It's easier on the AI bike because you can put like a harder pedaling, but you need to be full on for 20 seconds. 
and by the end of that 20 seconds, you should feel like you can't do anymore. Maybe you need to have some, a weighted pack or a weighted vest on to do that. Okay. okay. And then here's where it gets even worse. Then you lay on your back and you do deep breathing exercises through, the, through your nose. The goal is to lower your heart rate as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you walk again real slowly. And then you do another 20 second sprint and you lay on your back and return your heart rate down as fast as you can. It doesn't have to go all the way back down, but you want it to drop substantially. And then you're done. So <laughs> now you're going to look stupid if you do it in public. That's why we have the artificial intelligence bike thing. But the results, 12% improvement in your VO2 max, six times better results if you do that three times a week. So you brush your teeth for 15 minutes a week. We just got you six times more cardio in the amount of time it takes you to brush your teeth. Hmm versus going to a spin class or doing 45 minutes on a treadmill every day. What about heart health, though? Do you still think somebody should be doing longer-term cardio or what we called no. traditional interval training? VO2 max is a very strong indicator of heart and lung health. So if your VO2 max goes up, your heart is healthier. In fact, it's a major marker of longevity. That that right. uh, 12% improvement is equal to about two years of additional life expectancy. Well, this is interesting. So, so here we it go. turns out... Go ahead. What? What's it turn uh, out? Tell me what it turns out, please. Uh, it turns out that chronic cardio, you know, the, those long spin classes, long runs, they train your heart to beat faster and to put out less blood. So you have a lower ejection fraction. Yep. But the people who have the healthiest hearts and live the longest have a very big ejection fraction. If you do the kind of rehit training that I talk about in the book, you'll have a very large ejection fraction and you'll have a healthier heart and you'll just be a more powerful person. So, the work is really interesting to me. And first off, the latter we were just talking about is something I never heard before. But also, and maybe I've just been behind, but also you said breathing earlier. And so I do a lot of breath work like I know you do. You and I have been to events together where we've worked on oh, yeah. breath work, right? But but actually there's other breath in the book that you talk about that I wasn't aware of. And I want to talk about this, which is this idea of hypoxia and also that angiogenesis can be promoted by just holding your breath so you're actually creating blood vessels when you're actually restricting your breathing is that help us understand that to me this is new stuff at least for me you can trigger uh, angiogenesis uh, by reducing oxygen levels doesn't even have to be by by holding your breath there are various technologies out there that do something called hypoxic training yep um even things you can just buy to do it at home and then you're breathing air that's had the oxygen scrubbed out. And when you do that, your blood oxygen levels drop for a brief period, and then you bring them back up. Mm. And this can make you get acclimated to 15,000 feet elevation. The people who figured this out were not Indian mystics uh, that I'm aware of. It was actually Russia. It was the military back in the 50s. They realized it was expensive to pressurize their fighter jets. And they said, you know, it will be cheaper to pressurize the pilots. So they they made the pilots do this weird breath scrubbing thing that they invented so that the pilots just wouldn't run out of air at 15,000 feet. And they can make airplanes that didn't have to be sealed. And it saved them a ton of money. And then this is where the physiology uh, research on this started. And so, yeah, there's amazing stuff that can happen. And if you do things like holotropic breathing, 
uh, which is a type of breathing that makes you hypoxic and you start actually tripping like you're on acid. Yep. I, I did a podcast a while ago yep. with a guy who invented it, who's, who was 94 at the time named Stan Groff. And he used LSD in practice legally until it was illegal. Then he replaced it with breathwork. So that kind of breathwork will also trigger angiogenesis. Uh, at least we believe it does. Uh, but uh, it's a lot of work to do that. Hey, guys, if you need to hire, you need Indeed. You know, in all of my businesses, and I've been blessed to have several of them, I've used Indeed now for a number of years. And the main reason I do it is, I, if you're like me, I don't want to waste a bunch of time interviewing people that aren't qualified for the positions that I have. It's one of the hardest jobs in the world, right? Or they are qualified, but they're not interested in making it in the move at the given time. And so with Indeed, you have a thing called Instant Match, where they match you with quality candidates within 24 hours, and you're in front of people that want the job, that are qualified for it, and that you probably want to hire. I wouldn't go anywhere else. They've delivered great candidates to multiple businesses that I have right now. So here's what's great. Listeners and viewers of my show, you get a $75 sponsored job credit right now to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Milet. Just go to Indeed.com slash Milet, which is M-Y-L-E-T-T, right now. And you can support our show by saying you heard about Indeed here. That would be great, by the way. Indeed.com slash Milet. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. Hey, guys, I want to talk to you about Shopify. You know, when I started the show, the furthest thing from my mind was doing online business, and now I can't imagine my life without it. So I love Shopify because they're a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. So whether you're in the startup phase where you're just launching your online store or you're at that really big business where you're like, hey, we just hit a million bucks in order stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. They've helped me through every single stage. I wouldn't even know what to do without them. So whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered big time. They help turn browsers into buyers. They convert their checkouts 36% better than all the leading competitors. And I've used them for everything I do online. So every single thing you see that I market online, Shopify is somehow involved. I wouldn't even know what to do without them. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mylet, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash mylet now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash mylet. Wow, what about, uh, I was surprised in the book, by the way, we're going through a lot, and I'm grateful that you're willing to share so much on a podcast. Just so you all know, as much as we're covering here, like bang, 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 the book's so vast that we're not even going to scratch the surface on this stuff. So get the book. Okay? Thanks, Ed. I mean, it's just true. It's actually really true. It's called Smarter, Not Harder. Yep. Yeah. Smarter, Not Harder, everybody. And you can tell that's one of your, his obsessions. By the way, is it true you spent a couple million dollars already biohacking your own body? Is that a true story? Oh, yeah. I spent actually, at this point a little bit more than $2 million. Now, I want to be really clear. There's a guy, Brian Johnson, who's a friend. Uh, he spends $2 million a year, and that's not in my pay grade yet, maybe someday. But over the last 20 years, I've spent uh, more than $2 million. And I'm, I'm more than a decade younger uh, biologically than my, than my age. And I just did a, a new thing uh, actually yesterday morning that should take another nine years off my biological age, a new kind of gene therapy. I'm about to do a show on that. Okay. Well, you're so, going to give us a little preview here. What did, what did you do? Give us something. Uh, you know, I injected an experimental gene therapy that increases levels of one of the things your body needs as you age. Whoa, bro. 
<laughs> you're, are you, have you ever done any of this stuff, like even the peptides, the experimental stuff when you were doing it, that you worry, like, am I, did I just give myself a stroke? Or do you not? <laughs> There's been a few times uh, where I've been a little bit nervous. Um, one of the early biohacks, I talk about using light in the book as a, get, to get a signal into your operating system. Yes. I bought the very first brain stimulator ever made uh, for the, for, with infrared light. And it was a guy sold it on Yahoo groups for a hundred bucks. It, it was not a medical device. And I held it over my left ear where there's a, the spot that processes language in your brain. Cause I still, to this day, I can't understand French. It sounds like just a bunch of gobbled marbles. I can't even say a word back that I hear in French. It's, it's my brain won't do it. And if you're from France, sorry, I tried. So, uh, so anyway, I held this thing up. And I stimulated that part of my brain. And then for the next, oh, four or five hours, I spoke in garbled words. I'm like, I make my money on stage. Even before right. the Bulletproof stuff, uh, I worked at, I would do keynotes in the tech industry. I'm like, man, if I can't speak, I'm screwed here. But mm -hmm. my brain recovered and I still can't hear French, but I tried. <laughs> okay. I, uh, you know, it's the thing I, thing I noticed about you when we were together too. And I speak too. Maybe I misread it, but tell me. I'm extremely introverted. So it's interesting watching you right now. This has mm -hmm. nothing to do with the book. It has to do with just a personal anecdote. Sure. I'm watching you right now. Very expressive, uh, gregarious, very uh, appearing to be, you know, somebody who, you know, loves attention. But yet when we were at where we were together, it doesn't even matter where we were. I'm not going to go through that with everybody. But like, I'm super quiet and introverted. And you appeared to be that way to me as well. Are you? And do you turn it on when you're on stage? Do you turn it on when you're expressing something you're passionate about, but in your everyday life, you're, I'd almost call me socially awkward, to be honest with you. There is something called a extroverted introvert, uh, where your core is introverted, but uh, during certain activities or times you're extroverted. That's probably most accurate. I love teaching and I love educating. And I love sharing stuff I'm passionate about. And I'm, you know, I've been on Tony Robbins stage. I've spoken thousands of times and yep. you have as well. Right. Yep, yep. So for me, that's really energizing. I go into a flow state. In fact, a lot of people do, if they're not terrified on stage, they'll go into a flow state. So when I go up there, sometimes I mean, I've, I've been trained in all the ways to prepare and the things you're supposed to do. Sometimes I know I'm best if I just go on stage and I just, you could say channel. Yep. I'm not really like channeling, you know, some kind of angel or something. But what I'm doing is I'm just allowing my brain to do what it wants to do. And I always know what to say. And you'll get a standing ovation mm. because I feel like I'm reading the audience. Yeah. And I'm just kind of a conduit for the knowledge and information that I've had. And I care about this so much because I was 300 pounds. You know, I had, had arthritis in my knee since I was 14. I had brain fog and chronic fatigue syndrome and all this crap wrong with me. And it was all unnecessary. And there's no reason I should have spent about a half a million dollars getting myself well. And the rest of it was just for fun to see how many stem cells I could put in different places and all the anti-aging and longevity and brain hacking and stuff. That's just for fun. Some people buy a sports car and make it track ready. I'm like, I want to make my brain track ready. Yeah. I'm just a nerd. No, I love that you're a nerd because you're actually changing so many other people's lives. There needs to be some really articulate nerds out there doing this work and this research. And by the way, society extent using their own bodies is the experiment like what you have before you said brain fog which is where i wanted to go i've started to use a neurofeedback device and oh, which one 
is it the Vendi, the Mendy? Mendy. Mendy. So neurofeedback is using electricity coming from the brain. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I do at 40 Years of Zen, which is my you know, high-end brain training thing for, for CEOs up in Seattle. People mm -hmm. come in five days, there's neuroscientists, and we're actually like electrodes coming out and measuring. Mm -hmm. What Mendy does, which is brilliant, is you put it on your forehead and it shines a bright LED into your forehead and it measures blood in the prefrontal cortex. Mm -hmm. And if you just play the game on your phone, it'll teach your brain to move more blood to the front of your brain. If you have ADHD, it's a lack of blood in the front of the brain. I know I have ADHD, at least I did. I don't know, most of the time I don't qualify as having it anymore. Uh, but I did a lot of training with this kind of technology about 10 years ago. So with Mendy, every about 10, 15 minutes of playing the game, it increases your score on something called TOVA, which is the gold standard for measuring ADHD. And so you're playing a game, it's actually kind of fun. Mm -hmm. and it's a, a weird kind of concentrating. So that's an entry level way of improving your focus in your brain. And it's definitely something I wrote about in the book, right? Mm -hmm. The reason that I started using it, by the way, is that I've you know, been fortunate to work with a lot of athletes and a couple of the NFL quarterbacks that I've been asked to work with use the device. They use mm -hmm. it in between games. So I was I was fascinated by that. What about this notion of, it seemed basic to me, but you like it for different reasons, which is saunas. So I've always taken saunas, but I just did it to like sweat stuff out. That's why I've always done it. But you actually list it in the book. Why do you believe in saunas? Well, normal saunas and infrared saunas will both increase something called heat shock proteins, which is the same thing that exercise does. They raise your heart rate, they improve blood flow. So if you wanted to sit in the sauna on the phone with your stockbroker or your boss, yep. uh, just make sure the camera's off and you'll probably be fine, but you're going to get the benefits of, at least a lot of the benefits of exercise. You're not going to get the, the flexibility and, and the movement of the brain and all, but in terms of cardiovascular benefits and longevity benefits, the evidence is overwhelming that sauna is one of the preeminent longevity tools. But I use an infrared sauna because in addition to the normal stuff that a sauna does, it causes about 95% more toxins and heavy metals to be excreted from your body. So if you're really looking to sweat, a normal, like a hot dry sauna or a steam sauna, you'll sweat a lot, but the toxins aren't in the sweat. It's just water and salt. When you do an infrared sauna, your sweat smells really bad. And that's where the, the mercury and lead and other toxins are coming out. So I'm happy to do both of them. Okay, man, it's like you're like reading my notes here. So these are kind of these are like some of the external things you do. Then there's the stuff you're putting in your body. I was surprised that you covered so much of that in the book. And so this is stuff you put in your body we're going to talk about now that you talked about. And obviously you know where I'm going to go with this because I read the book and they're going to have to get the book to get all of it, but the anti-nutrients in your body. Yeah. You know, this is something that needs to be a much bigger conversation in sports. And I got a uh, shout out to uh, Tom Brady, who figured this out uh, early on. He doesn't do nightshades. I don't do nightshades. But a lot of people have heard about lectins. Uh, yep. I wrote about him in the Bulletproof Diet. And people lost a couple million pounds on the Bulletproof Diet. And Dr. Gundry's covered lectins extensively. So some plants, a lot of grains, have the ability to uh, inflame you with lectins. But that's an immune thing. Another group of things, especially things that athletes for some reason have been told to take, have very high amounts of a compound called oxalic acid. I'm talking about beets, spinach, kale, um, even red raspberries have huge amounts of it. 
And so if you're concentrating your spinach and kale smoothie and you're making it with almond milk, almonds are also high, uh, then you do that. Or if you're on a plant-based diet, number one, stop. Uh, but mm. <laughs> number, number two, I was a vegan. I was a raw vegan too. And I started getting this pain throughout my body and just all this weird autoimmunity. You're getting tiny razor sharp crystals of oxalic acid. It's 70% of kidney stones are caused by plants. The arterial calcification that you're getting is oxalic acid in your arteries. A lot of that joint pain and muscle pain and nerve pain, it's oxalic acid forming tiny crystals on the myelin lining of your sheath. I got this. You, you wake up, you have sore joints in the morning, that old injury hurts. It's because calcium deposits wherever you have the injury. If you don't eat the foods that contain oxalic acid, it doesn't hurt in the morning. So I just had reconstructive uh, surgery on the big toe on my right foot from an old yoga injury. And if I were to eat high oxalic acid foods like a box of raspberries and a bowl of spinach salad the next day, I feel like that joint won't move at all. But if I eat properly, I have no pain in it anymore. Right. And over time, my body is actually shedding all of that stuff that built up. And this is why people say, oh, I'm going to go plant based. I've never felt better. Yeah. They're filling their tissues up slowly with this toxin. And this toxin is well understood going back more than 100 years. The beginning dose that can cause a kidney stone is five grams. And a spinach kale smoothie can have 1.2 grams in it. Like these are much higher. We should have about 200 milligrams of oxalic acid a day. So I talk about this because not only does it cause pain, it steals calcium and it steals minerals from your body so you can't absorb them. Mm -hmm. So if you avoid that, you'll be happy. But the thing that's really sneaky that's in a lot of these plant-based foods, even the foods that some of us, we, we think they're really healthy, like whole grains and nuts and seeds, they're full of phytic acid. Now, phytic acid, you're not gonna feel the pain like you do with oxalic acid, but what you are going to do is you're going to lose your minerals. So plants can't run away from us. So to stop us from eating them, they cover themselves with phytic acid, which means that if you eat too many of those plants, all of the minerals in your bones get leached out and then you have weak bones and you can't reproduce. So that's their way of stopping us from eating them. Well, when you're eating things like cornflakes and rice cakes and all of these nuts and seeds and grains, well, you're getting huge doses of this. And is it any wonder that you're tired all the time? Because if you don't have enough minerals, your cells, you can work out all you want. You can meditate all you want. You give your body a signal to change. It says, I needed manganese and zinc. And you dumbass, you just ate three bowls of oatmeal. <laughs> and I don't have any manganese and zinc right now, so I'm not going to change. And then you just feel anxious and you probably fart a lot because vegans <laughs> fart 17, 17 times more than non-vegans. And we need to address global warming from the vegan diet. <laughs> yeah, but... Is that a real stat? Vegans yes, fart that's a real 17 stat. There's, times. There's a PubMed study supporting that. Who is studying this stuff? And Anyone who's I... dated a vegan knows it's true. Oh my gosh, man. You're killing me. I say that I was a, I was a devout vegan for like 18 months. It wrecked my health. It took me a couple of years to get it back. Oh my gosh. By the way, <laughs> I can already feel like all the emails you're going to receive when this thing comes out. So don't send me I say it other. with respect and love. Like I don't want anyone to hurt themselves. No, I, I, I raise I, my own animals. We're going to be nice to the animals. But yeah, eating fake meat is not a good idea for humanity no no by the way there's no doubt when you said you dumbass that we all knew you meant it with love i knew that i felt it when you said it <laughs> um so one thing you're all in on though which you referenced here is minerals like yeah i was just like i'm like 
I don't know. I feel like I was going to old school at the same time like being educated about right now. So talk a little bit about minerals because yeah. you talk. You might as well do them together. You talk about sure. how these essential four vitamins basically like you better start ODing on these, which there's no such right. thing, and minerals at the same time. This is almost like, like I said, it's almost old school, but having taken every kind of smart drug there is on the planet, every sexy nootropic, I formulated lots of things. Uh, it's, it's a passion for 20 plus years. Um, I just realized I wasn't doing this right. Hmm. So I went back and if you are going to spend money on the expensive stuff, you got to have a foundation. It's like, you know, I got the best siding for my house, but I just built it on a pile of rocks. It's not going to last very long. So the foundation of your body is minerals. And there's really four fat soluble vitamins that drive minerals. And then there's a bunch of minerals you need. So I'll walk you through it. Vitamin Dake. You go to vitamin D-A-K-E.com and vitamin Dake is a combination of vitamin D, real vitamin D, Vitamin A, real vitamin A from animals, not beta carotene. It does not work. Vitamin K2, which comes from almost exclusively uh, animal foods, and then a special form of vitamin E. If you have those things, those improve your performance. They make your body healthier, but they also tell the minerals where to go so they end up in the right place. And on the same site, on vitamindake.com, you'll find that there's a supplement called Minerals 101. This is broad spectrum macro minerals so before you take anything even like your b vitamins which are important you can get those from liver if you want to from liver pills but start with vitamin dake it's designed to be about 22 bucks a month for the the average normal person's dose it's not expensive and then minerals 101 is three pills just to get enough minerals by the way so now you're at four pills a day but that's going to do so much more for you than some kind of fancy ashwagandha and we can talk about ashwagandha later if you want to, yes. because there's a there's a dark side to that one. Okay. So um, after you get those, then you have trace and ultra trace minerals. Okay. And your bones have about 64 different minerals in them. They're not just calcium. So to do that, I put those minerals in Danger Coffee. This is my new coffee company after Bulletproof. It's called Danger Coffee. Go to dangercoffee.com. And when you brew the coffee, it's got a large dose of trace minerals in it. So you drink the coffee. It's got the electrolytes. It tastes like the best coffee ever. And your body loves it because your sensors in the operating system, they can feel the minerals. And it just tells you to drink more. Like it just feels good and it Mm. tastes really good. So you could also get trace mineral supplements, but I just find I'm going to do it every morning if it's in my coffee automatically when I brew it. Okay, uh, and that's become a really a really popular product. And again, with athletes and you know CEOs and people like that, they just want their brain to work and they want their bodies to work. Yep. That's uh, that's why they're doing it. So that combination gets gets everything in there, and from there you can take your you know nootropics and things. I take 150 pills a day, but those are the first four I take. So, hey, guys, you know, when I love technology and a great idea revolutionizes an old industry. And by the way, if there's an industry that needs a revolution, I think you'd agree with me. It's the healthcare industry. It's not easy to find good doctors. And by the way, good doctors that are in your area that also take your insurance. And that's why I love ZocDoc. They are revolutionizing the healthcare industry and the way you get access to doctors. ZocDoc, by the way, is Z-O-C-D-O-C. Here's who they are. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Tons of different reviews on the doctors and they're local to you. You can find out if they take your insurance. I just did it for a tear I had in my shoulder. One day later, I'm in the doctor's office getting some help, getting an order for an MRI. So go to ZocDoc.com slash mylet and download the ZocDoc app for free. 
Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's zocdoc.com slash mylet, zocdoc.com slash mylet. If you've been listening or watching the show for a long time, you know what a big believer in NetSuite I am. I've been talking about them now for years. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors, which is why I've been using them now for five years myself. Over 37,000 other companies have as well. They've made the moves. Do the math. Now you'll see profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash mylet, netsuite.com slash mylet, M-Y-L-E-T-T, netsuite.com slash mylet. Okay, this is so good. By the way, I love having you on because like there's just tangible value on like every answer. Oh, no, like, thanks, man. No, it's just true. There's no fluff. Let's go there for a second on food, and then I want to move to what we were just talking about. So, like, you don't like the green stuff. You don't like the nuts. You actually- uh, I'll, eat a, I'll eat arugula. I'll eat lettuce. Good. I just don't eat kale and spinach or chard okay. uh, or beets. You, yeah, also, you also don't love a lot of fish. So, what you know, sh- talk about fish, and then what the heck yeah. should we be eating then? All right. So, fish- is generally good for you, but not if it's farmed. Farmed fish is some of the most polluted food on the planet. So you can't, you just can't do that as a regular source of protein. Some people say, well, I was vegan. I don't know why I thought it made me like maybe a better person than someone else. Um, But then they realized it was making them sick. So then they say, well, I still won't identify as a vegan, but not be one. So I'm going to eat fish. Uh, And then, well, you can't get enough protein from fish. Fish is very watery. If you're going to get the amount of protein you need, which is one gram of animal protein per pound of body weight. Okay. I weigh 200 pounds. You know what's 200 grams of fish to get? Like that's that's more than 200 grams of fish. That's 200 grams of protein from fish. It's going to be like a pound or two, depending on the type of fish. It's going to be very expensive. And then I'm going to get all the mercury and all the microplastics that are now present in fish. So I recommend sockeye salmon or a wild caught fish, a smaller fish. Um, And I would do that once or twice a week, have some sushi, but doing it every day as your primary protein source, you will be protein deficient. You will be hungry all the time and you won't have very many muscles. Okay. So should I be eating red meat? Yes. Grass fed beef and lamb are the most nutritious, most important food sources for human beings. If you can't get those, um, the other proteins that work but are less um, less beneficial but still better than any plant protein uh, would be chicken. And you want lean chicken because chicken fat is pretty much similar to soybean oil and canola oil. It's not very compatible with our body. And then pork. And pork is unfortunately poorly treated and poorly fed. But if you can get good pastured pork, uh, the pork protein is okay. It's not as good as beef protein. So if you were to say, well, I'm going to do what Dave suggested. I'm going to figure out how much meat I need to get to get 200 grams, whatever kind of meat you want. You can buy it online from a local rancher and they'll send it to you frozen, put it in your freezer, or you can buy the ground stuff. You go to most grocery stores and have grass fed ground. It is more expensive, but it's not that much more expensive. And if you're on a tight, tight budget, 
okay, do your best. Get the lean industrial meat that's not grass-fed. And it's still better than any fake meat or some bozo who tells you that rice and beans is a complete protein without telling you it's full of lectins and phytic acid and 500 grams of carbohydrate in order to get a little bit of protein. Like, no, that is not a protein food. Nuts are not a source of protein. They're a source of fat and carbs and trace amounts of protein. So the fact that some vegan activists influence big food companies to tell you it was healthy, it doesn't change reality. <laughs> Dude, this is so good. And by the way, I feel a little bit better about how I've been eating for a long time too. And, and I'm serious. It may explain my strength and vitality look, and energy look, level. Look at, your, my... look at your chest, man. Right. Same thing. I'm about 6.8% body fat right okay, now. I got to tell you. I'm never hungry. I'm doing 20 minutes a week of the exercise that's in that thing. I'm not as, as big as you in the shoulders, uh, but I'm plenty muscular. Okay, it's, it's ridiculous. I'll compliment you. You said that about me. I'm going to tell you, when we met at that thing we were at together, I was struck by that because I don't think on camera you look that way. Number one, he's a big man, right? He's a big dude. And he's, yeah, I, I think I'm like reasonably built. You are. You, you are. You're a caffeine tattoo. He's but. big. He's big and lean and strong in person. He really is. And he's, and he's also got very nice hair. So, um, <laughs> and I was going to ask you there, I'm like, what are you doing for your hair? Because you look great. But I'm just going to tell you something. It's, it's, um, the evidence is sort of when we all get over whatever it is, 45 or 50 years old, this stuff starts really showing up. Yeah. And I, and I feel it. And I, I got to tell you, I compare like, and I've done some things with peptides and other things as well that I know you have, but I got to tell you, these things actually work. Like some of us have become pretty good evidence of the fact that we're like yeah. evidentiary studies of a lot of these things that Dave's talking about. But even for me in the book, there were things that there's things I've never done. So I want to ask you about them because I'm afraid of them. Okay. I'm going to be honest with All you. Right. You started to go there for a minute. You've, I think you've done like how, tell me about psychedelics. Just, this is just like me and you now, right? Tell me about ayahuasca, <laughs> psychedelics, these other things. Cause I've all also had friends of mine say, hey, man, I had a dark experience and yeah. I'm not, you know, you had a crazy upbringing, my let. I'm not sure. So I've sort of like anything like exogenous I'm putting in me, I'm always really afraid of. Right. And like that stuff, be honest with you, I'm incredibly curious. And when mm-hmm. I say with this, with my like really, I don't know, modern friends, whatever you want to call them, they're like, bro, you haven't done any of this yet? What's wrong with you? You're like a cutting-edge guy. You've got access to this stuff. Why haven't you tried? And so, I'm frankly, I'll tell you why. I'm somewhat afraid, and I'm somewhat afraid of what it could be. So, talk to us about it. Respect for for calling it out that way, it's it's actually justified. Uh, Right now, people have fetishized uh, things like ayahuasca. And I've written about this in a couple of my books. In 1999, I went down to Peru. I sought out a shaman and I said, I want to do ayahuasca. This was before anyone could spell it. And I went there and they looked at me and they said, you're white. And I said, yeah, I noticed. But like, I've, I've done my research. I'm, I'm coming here to find that. And so eventually they agreed to do it for me, even though it was only for locals. And I had a, a, a beneficial energetic experience. Like it, it, was, it, was, it was big. Uh, and I was very well protected by a person who had trained in the jungle for many years. Mm-hmm. And you fast forward now, and you have a lot of people who have done ayahuasca five times, and they think they're a shaman, mm-hmm. and they're serving it without adequate training. And I think that is the most dangerous of the psychedelics that you could do. I've done it twice in my life, both with exceptionally well-qualified people. Mm-hmm. Um, so people do have very dark experiences. Not always. People have wonderful, transcendent, life-changing experiences too. But you want to make sure that that's what you're going to get instead of the dark stuff. Mm-hmm. And... So what I recommend for people who've never done psychedelics, um, 
is that you put ayahuasca at the very end of your list. And before you do psychedelics, you should go to a therapist and do something called EMDR. And EMDR is a type of trauma release work that's very, very fast. And that'll actually strangely feel a bit psychedelic when you do it right, but you'll drop a lot of the heavy stuff that could have been an issue. And after you've done that, you should learn breath work, like holotropic breath work, which is very similar to taking acid or maybe kind of ayahuasca, but ayahuasca has a certain vibe to it. And then if those still didn't get you there, then you should learn either Tantra or conscious kink because a good orgasm with a conscious partner will put you in an altered state. 20% of people say they've met God from coming. Yep. You and said, it's, that's in the book, isn't it? I think you say something yep. like that in the book. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't like go into a lot of detail on that, but look, if you're looking for a way to open your operating system, which is what all these do to look inside at what's really going on, it's trippy in there, but these are ways without drugs to get in there. And after that, there's neurofeedback. My 40 years of Zen place in Seattle, someone just got out of there and said, this is the best plant-based journey I've ever done without the plants because they were tripping on just their own brainwaves. There's no medicines at all. Mm-hmm. Right. So these are states you can get into with advanced meditation. It just takes many years and most of us don't have the years and the time. So the goal of smarter, not harder is how do you get there faster? Those are all ways to do it. And then if that's not enough, your best bet is probably MDMA after that or better yet MDA, which is less ampy and more heart opening. Mm -hmm. And you can do that with, with a therapist now in some places. And after that, you get into things like uh, mushrooms. And after mushrooms, you would look at something like uh, LSD. And after LSD, you do DMT. And if you still haven't found it, find someone with feathers in their hair who trained with the, Sh- the Shipibo people in the jungle for at least eight years and do ayahuasca and do it once or twice. There's, I always feel bad. I hear guys like, like Aubrey Marcus is like, I've done ayahuasca 87 times. I'm like, when do you notice it's not working? You shouldn't be doing this 87 times unless you are in shamanic training. This is an occasional use, like once every six months to really go deep with yourself and then process for months and meditate on it and journal on it and and to work with facilitators and work with spiritual people on understanding the real nature of your own reality and on healing old traumas and turning on superpowers. So I feel like we're disrespecting Uh, the ancient practices and i am uh, i've been through shamanic training i'm not a full shaman uh, but from what i've seen and what i understand and what i've learned i don't think some of those plant medicines are very happy with the way we're treating them either so i i tend to treat them with respect i'm fine with the chemicals they don't care lsd doesn't care what you do to it but (laughs) ayahuasca and mushrooms do care is there any let me ask you one more thing about my fears by the way that was a big answer um does any of that lead Okay, please forgive me because I think I know what you're going to say, but I'm asking questions for those of us that, you know, are have never gone anywhere near this stuff. Okay. Is any of that a gateway <laughs> to anything bad? Like, do you start going, now I need all these chemicals all the time? I'm going to start vaping weed seven times a day, or you know, I need some other hallucinogenics or like i'll be honest with you i play with a guy who went and i played golf once in a while with a guy who went and did his ayahuasca thing he's he's gone you know a couple times and now like he used to smoke a vape pen when we i smoke my cigar he'd smoke a vape pen and there was a little weed in there every time we play and we would joke about it. like 15 years ago it was funny now like it's like normal right but back mm-hmm. then it wasn't now though like he's on mushrooms when we play golf 
and it's like almost like a daily thing he does. He microdoses, and but then he'll take like actual mushrooms when we're golfing. So I've always wondered, like, am I, is there the potential that I like slip into this chemical abyss, or is that like n- yeah. a non-starter? They don't, they're not correlated at all. LSD is one that's that's not very addictive. That's one where there's very little evidence of addiction. But there are people who use any psychedelic as a way to escape and disassociate. Um, by the way, I didn't mention ketamine in my list. Ketamine is, is a very potent way, and you could do that very safely at a clinic to do ketamine. That's a maybe should be there right there around the MDMA level in my answer. Okay. Um, just because it's so well understood and it's, it's legal. So you know what you're getting. There's no fentanyl, none of that stuff to deal with. Uh, so when it comes to things like mushrooms, uh, I'm an investor in Paul Stamets's company that's using psychedelic mushrooms plus lion's mane plus niacin to regrow the entire brain. It's, it's a profound thing. And especially for professional athletes, right? Do that and then do some neurofeedback and you can do amazing things with a brain injury. I've had a couple good brain injuries. Mm. Um, and I'll tell you those protocols along with hyperbaric and stuff, they work really, really well. What if I just uh, want to but- start with horizon gazing? <laughs> can you, I do you that? can certainly start out with that. I mean, that that'll work. It's not going to make you trip and Great. it's probably not going to get you inside your operating system, but it will increase your power. But when it comes to these drugs like mushrooms, if you're microdosing mushrooms properly, you won't feel it. It, it means it's a it's a sub noticeable dose. So I'm here in Austin and there's all kinds of people with microdose chocolate. I'm like, that's a third of a gram. That's not five or 10% of a dose. That is a like you're going to see little sparkles in the corners of your eyes. And if that's how you want to feel, that's okay. I don't think you want to do it every day. I don't think it's necessarily bad. And if you're golfing for three hours, it probably makes the golfing a lot more fun. <laughs> um, it's also a little known secret that many, many of the ultra endurance uh, runners, like a hundred mile races, they're doing microdose LSD uh, because it makes them much more effective and they just go into a certain zone. So it's, these are known things and I, I don't worry about microdosing very much, yeah. but the people have to have a little bump of ketamine three times a day. You're, you have a problem because overusing ketamine can mess up uh, some of the NAMT receptors in the, no NDMA receptors in the brain. So there you can overuse them, but if every weekend you did a little bit of psychedelics and you didn't have alcohol every night during the week, you'd still be better off at the end of the year. Okay. So it's funny that you just said that I was, I just second something just cause he's such a brilliant man. I happened to be at something this weekend with one of the most famous uh, ultra marathon runners. Like one of the. Just ask him about it. Well, it came. I said, "What do you?" I, I knew this. He's like, "I listen to your stuff when I'm running." And uh, by the way, there's a few of them that do. So don't try to figure out who it is, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I said, you do anything else? And he's like, uh, a little LSD. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> How I, did I know? <laughs> I said, I said, what did you just say? LSD? Yeah. Like, I'm just so old school. He's like, yeah, a little bit, man. Like, uh, I said, like, what percentage of the races? He goes, oh, 100% of the races. But I yeah. kind of vary the dose at different races. I'm playing with it. I'm like, wow. So he's actually right with what he just said, everybody. Um, it, it sounds a little bit uh, freaky, but microdosing LSD or mushrooms, these, these you can almost feel it doses, they increase neuroplasticity. And I did uh, LSD, this is seven, eight years ago, um, microdosing every day for a month just to write about it for my blog. And I was doing it with liquid drops. And then I was traveling, I didn't want liquid. So I chopped a a tab into tiny, tiny little pieces. 
and I was taking one of those little pieces every day. And I guess one of the pieces was bigger than the others because I found myself on stage making jokes that no one else laughed at. And I'm like, oh God, I'm high right now. Uh, I was at Ken Rudkowski's metal group and I kind of felt like a jerk afterwards. But it was also kind of funny. I love you, man. This is such great stuff. All right, a couple more things. By the way, the book is Smarter, Not Harder, The Biohacker's Guide to Getting the Body and Mind You Want. By the way, and we're covering a lot of stuff here today, like a ton of this stuff. There's a lot more in there, though. There, No, no, there's a ton. And by the way, yeah. he has words like equanimity in the book that I have in my other book. Like, there's just stuff, right, like that you're gonna that you're going to love. I want to ask you, though, something that's not in the book because I'm in this world. And by the way, I'm still not over on the LSD ayahuasca world, guys. I just want to vet the topic with someone who's an expert, which is Dave. I'm still Still like really figuring that out myself. Do ketamine with a therapist, man. That's all you need. Okay. It'll 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 be safe. It'll be effective. It's good for depression. It'll make you feel integrated in the world, and it's just so low risk. We have seventy five years of experience with that drug. It's legal to prescribe in every state, uh, and I did it uh, on my podcast with a therapist in San Diego about seven years ago, mm-hmm. and it's it's a potent psychedelic, and it's just. Like it's available. You can even do it at home now. There's places that'll send you a tab and you do it at home and then you get on Zoom with the therapist. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, one thing I do do is some peptides. So, and it's not anything. Nice. That, uh, what about you? Like, are you a MOTC guy? Do you do GH? Do you, are you, are there any peptides you're regularly I, taking or have you like, a, you're out of that world now? I, I go in and out of peptides. I, I know about you do. A lot of I, them and, I know. Yeah. Like my, in my longevity book uh, called superhuman, I went out really deep into peptides and all the different longevity compounds. And I do a lot of that. So I tend to use them. And based on what I, you know, what I'm trying to get done. So right now, uh, I just used uh, Melanotan 2 or MSH. Mm-hmm. And this is a peptide that gives you a tan in about 20 minutes. And the side effect is it reduces aging of reproductive organs. It keeps you know your prostate healthier. Uh, when you shoot it up, not only do you get a tan, you get really like 12th grade horny. Um, so that's a, a beneficial side effect, at least if you're, if you're in a relationship, it is, uh, and I'm single now, so maybe that was a problem, <laughs> but the, uh, um, that's one that matters, not just because you get a tan, cause it looks good. A tan actually makes you healthier. It makes you more resilient. A tan is, is basically part of how your body interacts with the world. So to get a tan, normally you need to get a little bit of sun damage, mm-hmm. but if you get a tan in 20 minutes, now you have protection from sun damage. Mm-hmm. So that's one of my favorite ones. Another one that most people haven't heard of is pinealon. And this is something that helps the pineal gland function better. Wow. And this is part of the Russian bioregulator peptides that I, I read about in that earlier longevity book. And so I, I use that. Let's see what's open right now. I have some uh, BPC-157. Um, Do you take them I every day? Have... Do you take them every day? Like me, I'll be honest with you. I got, a, I got a refrigerator full of stuff I just start forgetting to take. And it sits in there, yeah, and I'm like, God, it's four thousand dollars worth of peptides sitting in my fridge I haven't used in six months. You're not the only one. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll do it like for a month. I'm just all over. I do it really, really well, mm-hmm. and then um, I will just be like, Oh, uh, I just don't feel like it. And, and honestly, this is your body intuitively telling you what to do. Okay. Like as a, so I built a regenerative farm on Vancouver Island, and you watch the sheep. They want that blade of grass, not that blade, and they want one bite of this plant they know what their body needs and if you feel like not taking a peptide there's probably a reason mm-hmm. so i use my intuition when i'm using peptides as well okay. um i'm also trying right now trying i just went on it maybe a couple of weeks ago 
is MK677, mm-hmm. uh, which is an oral peptide. Those are just a lot less work. Mm. Uh, and that's uh, good for your metabolism. It seems to, I don't know, I probably take it for a month and see what happens, but okay. I, I'm up for that. He's just hacking away. I love it. How long can someone live? Well, uh, my goal is to live to at least 180. What? Yeah. 180. 180. And here's the rationale. And I laid this out in, uh, in the book before this one uh, called Superhuman. But today, our current best is 120. And that 120-year-old person, they went through World War I and World War II. They couldn't spell DNA. They didn't have antibiotics for half their life. I mean, they, they completely survived without the benefit of any of the knowledge that we have now. So if that's our current best, and we can't do better by 50%, over the next hundred years, hmm. it's because a comet hit the planet. Like it, it's in the bag. And right now the amount of knowledge uh, on our planet about biology and medicine, it's doubling every 73 days. It used to take 50 years to double. So that means pretty much every three months we double what we know about biology, about how it works. That's why, in fact, back in 2016, I wrote about getting gene therapy and about de-aging stem cells. Mm -hmm. And it turns out I just got gene therapy yesterday. And uh, they also have the ability to edit stem cells so that they can do things that your own stem cells can't do. And I've had uh, hundreds and hundreds of millions of my own stem cells taken out and put in every joint in my body twice. Mm -hmm. I've had them in my hair, my face, my reproductive system, everything. And it's a, it's a whole new world right now. So I, that episode where I explained all the details about gene therapy and what it's going to do for us, um, that one injection with a tiny little needle will take nine years off my biological age. So I'll probably be about 30 biologically when that stuff kicks in all the way. That's 20 years younger than what the calendar says. Wow. Is that why your hair looks so good? No, no my hair looks so good because I cheat. So I did an episode on, uh, on the human upgrade, my podcast, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Alan Bauman down in Florida. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm doing is. pretty well. All the guys in my family are, uh, are bald by the time they're 25. So I did pretty well, but it was getting a little thin and moved back a little bit. So I had 10,000 hairs individually moved from here to the, to the front. Mm-hmm. So some of this is my, it's all my hair, but some of this stuff here, it was removed around to do what I wanted. Part of uh, biohacking is you get to, change your biology however you want. Yeah. So I have no problems with using lasers to make my skin better or to improve my hair. And I use things like uh, caffeine and adenosine and aspirin on my hair topically, which actually work as well as minoxidil. Because it increases I circulation. Use a laser. Use a laser cap thing. Yep. For circulation. Yeah. Yeah. I may or may not relate to every single thing you just said. <laughs> Some people are like, you know, how dare you? I'm like, how dare I not? Like, if you have a problem with it, like follow someone else without hair. I, I just don't care. Like, like I'm going to look and feel exactly how I want. And if, if it triggers you and you should unload your gun, like it's fine. I just don't care. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm inspired and feel more normal now that you just said that. So I appreciate it. Um, today was one of my favorite conversations ever on the show because it flew by. I literally just look up at the clock. We've been doing this for an hour. Oh, wow. And I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface. I want to have you back. I, I am, back. I'm just grateful. There's really very few people in the world pushing the envelope forward on this stuff. There's really a handful of them. It's really true. 
There's a handful of human beings trying to push the human experience forward, whether that be wellness, energy, longevity, strength. There's a handful of these folks. And I think Dave is like the godfather. He's like, thanks, man. I I just it's true. And he's been at it the longest. And a lot of the things he said back in the past were like, this dude is nuts. Now has become (laughs) relatively mainstream stuff. And I hope the biggest one is that we're going to live to 180 at at a minimum. And that in 15 years, people go, he wasn't nuts. I'm about to announce a a longevity venture fund uh, where I'll be participating. And we're targeting a number much higher than that. So hopefully I'll be able to disclose that soon. Okay, we'll disclose it here. I I enjoyed today, bro, so, so much, man, so much. Smarter, not harder. Go get it. Dave Asprey, thank you for being here today. And we'll have you back here soon. All right. Thanks, Ed. All right, everybody. God bless you. Max out your life. Share this episode. Take care. This is the Ed Milet Show.